So um, with those, let's uh, dive into the Word of God. But as you know, I would have to connect first. Um, we will be studying the, uh, again, the epistle to the Galatians. So let me just connect. All right. All right. I think we're good to go. So uh, at this time, we will be reading from Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 14. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. If your Bible's with you, join with me reading. But I'll be flashing them on the screen. So may I request the congregation to please stand as reverence to the Word of God. That would be uh, Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 14. O foolish Galatians who has bewitched you, it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? Know then, it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nation be blessed. So then, who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For this written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, our mighty God, we come to you today. We ask that you will open our hearts, that you will saturate our souls as we listen to your word. Hide me, O Lord, today under your wings. Allow me, O Lord, to be your mouthpiece today, sinful and sinner as I am. And so, Father, today, open the hearts of your people, illumine their spirits so that they may see your truth and apply them in their lives. We ask them, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our divine teacher, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's all be seated. We are thankful uh, to God. Last week, it was a very beautiful and indeed, a very engaging sermon uh, message uh, brought to us by our sister Amorel. And uh, she shared with us that we are transformed to rescue. And one personal takeaway that I had was we ought to love unconditionally because we always forget that. And uh, we should also to pursue spiritual disciplines as we also help other people. And that pursuit 
through uh, our spiritual discipline and at the same time, our love for other people unconditionally should be at the vantage point of our service, our love, and our gratitude to our Savior. And so we thank God for Sister Amorel's life and of course, we give God the glory for that wonderful message that uh, she brought us last Sunday. So um, now, uh, we're going uh, backtrack to Galatians chapter 3 and um, today I've entitled the sermon, We Started with Grace and Ended Up in Law and I hope this will not be the case for here. And uh, we've just read chapter 3 and we've been discussing Galatians chapter 1, chapter 2 and now we're at chapter 3. And you already know the problem of the Galatians church. They have a problem of having a wrong doctrine that is prevalent amongst them, carnality, and particularly an affront, an attack against the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you've noticed that Paul was very um, focused on his teaching about the law versus grace. And so we've read here and in many times about the law. Are we making law so bad? And we know about grace. We already know that. But what about the law? What is the law? We've been saying that. And Paul was saying that. You're not under the law but under the grace. But we know already what grace is all about. It is uh, something that we receive that we don't deserve. But what about the law? Is it bad? Why God give uh, that law? Why did he give it to us? To be fair, law isn't bad at all. Now, you already know that there are many types of laws in the scriptures, particularly in the Old Testament. You have moral laws. Moral laws that pertain, pertain to uh, their conduct as an individual. And we see that in the Decalogue, meaning the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. These are laws, codes, and regulations that would regulate one's conduct to the public so that there will be peace. One is, thou shalt not kill. Could you imagine killing each other and that will not be prohibited? So, moral laws, thou shalt not commit adultery. The other one would be ritual or ceremonial laws. And these were given to the people of Israel as they perform worship. And they are a lot. I couldn't wear this if I'm a priest. I should wear another robe, you know, with a hat and all of those things. Probably that would be beautiful, but um, it's a good thing that we could wear something more comfortable. But then it's part of the ceremonial laws. Could you imagine me wearing an ephod and all of that with a staff and all of that? It would be difficult to preach, let alone hold a microphone. Could you imagine that? That's part of ceremonial laws. Another is political laws. These laws are given to Moses so that while uh, these people under um, that leadership would be able to conduct themselves politically or communally. So they have moral laws, they have ceremonial laws, they also have political laws. So there's a lot of laws. We also have laws here in our country. But why did God give that? And later on, Paul was, it appears to us now that he's attacking it. Now, let me give you what is the purpose of the law why was law given 
And these are not original of me. I thank God for the life of J.I. Packer. Um, and of course, John Calvin. What is the purpose of the law? And there are threefold purposes of the law. The first purpose of the law, and for the interest of time, I will not go with the verses one by one. You just read it. The first purpose of the law, according to Calvin, which was uh, rephrased by J.I. Packer, uh, he's a Reformed theologian. The first purpose is to reflect God's perfect holiness and to point out our sinfulness. And we've read that in Romans. If you read Romans chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, up until chapter 9, it points out that law was given to us so that we would know God's perfect holiness, the exactitude of God, and point us that we are unable to do them. That's one purpose. The other purpose of the law is to restrain evil, to stop it. Restrain means to stop. Could you imagine if God will not prohibit killing at this day, age, and time? There's a movie, I forgot now, um, that for 24 hours, you could kill and do all things. What is that movie? Anyone knows here? Purge. Purge. Ah, we're very good, huh? Purge. You know, my kids were drawn to it. They said, Tatay, you know, purge would be good. I said, oh my, Elisha, you're a son of a pastor. You're thinking about a purge. You know, for 24 hours, it's lawful to kill. I am so sure if there will be purge every Sunday, every year, we would probably have lesser and lesser members. Imagine... There's no law that will prohibit you from killing, from uh, adultery and all. By the way, in Singapore, adultery is not a crime. Do you know that? It's not a crime. But that does not, should not encourage you from doing adultery, by the way. In the Philippines, it's a crime. In, the, in Singapore, it's not. It's only a severe case. I don't know why. Probably they're more trigger happy here. For, for, but that is to restrain evil. That's one of the second purpose of the law. And the third purpose of the law, which we always forget, because I don't have, I don't want us to have an idea that law is bad. It's not. But we will later on discover why Paul was against it. And we will discover why. And the third purpose is to guide the believer to good works. Imagine there's no law. Because law could be in two ways. It's a prohibit, prohibitive law, meaning it means you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery. That's a negative law, prohibitive law. Para ako nagtuturo ng law school dito, ah. prohibitive. Kasi sabi, no, not. Another law is affirmative law. You shall do it. You shall love the Lord your God. That's affirmative law, positive. Meaning you ought to do it. A duty. It's not really bad. But when you come to think and read Galatians chapter 3, in fact, let's go back to the verse. Apostle Paul started with this very colorful rhetoric. Ano ang sabi niya? Tingnan po natin ang ating mga Biblia. Hindi po ako ang Bible. Oh foolish Galatians! Could, have you read that? Who has bewitched you? You know, reading this, sometimes I smile. 
Alam nyo, si Apostol Pablo, gusto ko to maging friend eh. You know, colorful, you foolish Galatians, what who has bewitched you? Parang sinasabi niya, in our common parlance, nasasiraan na ba kayo ng bait? Ano itong, sinong nagmahi ka sa inyo? Bakit nyo bakit ito iniisip niya ngayon? Imagine, and you could uh, appreciate now, that as you know, the Galatians were convinced and, and they were being convinced by the Judaizers to have themselves circumcised. To add or for them to belong to the family of God. For them to have a right standing before God. And so, Paul was saying, foolish Galatians. Now, if we say to you that you're foolish, I'll be out of this pulpit. Eh, pero si Apostol Pablo, ang tapang niya, you know? Pwede ko kayang sabihin to. Kayo mga foolish na taga-living word, hindi ko pwedeng sabihin yun kasi mapiprinsipal ako. Pero si Apostol Pablo, matapang siya. Bakit siya matapang? Bakit siya sabing foolish? Bakit siya sabing ganun? Kasi so much it's at stake. I've been saying that. So much it's at stake. Kapag ito hindi nyo nakuha ng tama, so much it's at stake. So you will be foolish, really. Ang tapang ni Apostol Pablo. Hindi, kaya ba natin gawin yun, Pastor Well? Sabi natin lagi sa kanila, pag mali sila, you foolish. No, we cannot say that. Ayan, tignan nyo ngayon, inaano lang sinasabi. Example lang, Abraham, grabe ka naman. Sinasample ko lang yun, ha? ginaganan nila ako, natatakot tuloy ako. But going back, going back to the, to the text, you see, and Paul made a very good side-by-side comparison. You started with grace and ended up in the law. Who has given you understanding? Look at this. So the Spirit gave you an understanding and you ended up you're being perfected in the flesh. What is that? What is the issue here? The issue here is the issue of justification. How do you become right before God? Papaano kayo nagiging tama sa harap ng Diyos? And there are two things that are at stake here and I'll be discussing them today. There are two things. Because if we fail to understand this, there are two things that will happen to us. Number one, we would have salvation without grace. And number two, we will have obedience apart from faith. We will have salvation without grace, number one. And number two, we will have obedience apart from faith. You will say, parang beautiful naman, di ba? Ang ganda ng word salvation without grace, obedience apart from faith. Parang okay naman, but that's dangerous. I'll go to the first point. The crucial issue here is that how do you maintain your salvation? Alam natin, paano tayo naligtas? How did we come to the knowledge, uh, how, did we, how did we, how are we saved? We are saved by Kasi English ito eh, kaya yung mga prepositions, nalilito tayo. We are saved by grace through faith. Okay. So, yung by, that is the ultimate cause. Naligtas kayo dahil sa grasya ng Diyos. That's the ultimate cause. I'm borrowing the words of St. Augustine. That's the ultimate cause. Primary cause. What is the instrumental cause? What is the instrument by which this grace can be received? Sabi ng Bible, through faith. So while the primary cause of your salvation is grace, the instrumental cause, the means, yung channel by which that grace of God will be received is through faith. 
maliwanag. Pero hindi yun ang understanding ng mga Judaizers. Sabi nila, you maintain, okay, you are saved by grace of God through faith. Pero for you to per- be perfected, you need to maintain it. And how do you maintain that salvation? You need to do these things. How do you maintain your salvation? And they say, oh, for you to become a family of God, for you to become right before God, for you to be justified by God, you need to be circumcised. You know, that was the issue of reformation. Justification. Justification, pinapaliwanag namin paulit-ulit dito. Justification means you have a right standing before God. Bakit mahalaga yung idea ng justification? Sapagkat mga kapatid, we are in the process of being holy. Tayo ay nagkakasala oras-oras, araw-araw. Palagay ko, bago kayo pumunta rito, nagkasala na kayo. Kung kayo ay hindi justified before God, the moment you die, you'll be dead, you'll be go- you're, you're going to hell. But because of the doctrine of justification, God no longer sees you. God sees Christ in you. And therefore, while I'm not saying that we ought to use that freedom of liberty in Christ to do sin, again, maliwanag din sa sinasabi ng salita ng Diyos, you are now and can confidently walk in liberty to walk and journey with your faith. Bakit? Because you're justified. Not because of your good works, but by the works of Christ. How did it happen? By grace, primary cause, through faith, the instrumental cause. In Christ. So that's very important. Could you imagine living a life na para kayo nagtitiptoe? Naranasan nyo ba yon? Siguro sa inyong mga amo, mga bosses sa opisina, pag nakikita nyo pala mga itsura nila, naiisip nyo parang, eto na naman yung aking mga kalap. Nagtitiptoe ka na. Ang hirap, di ba? And also, we view God as that. You view God as that. Nagtitiptoe kayo sa Diyos. Instead of having a loving relationship with God, nagtitiptoe ka, natatakot ka kasi iisipin mo ang Diyos, paparosahan ka anytime. Is that justification? Is that grace? Kaya nga sinasabi ko, ang dami nating reduction sa Diyos. Ang dami nating reduction sa Diyos. This doctrine is very important because what is at stake is not only your salvation, but your walk in Jesus Christ. Because God is calling you to liberty. Freedom. You're now free to do good. You're now free to act and love Him freely. Pero yata, ang gusto yata natin, lagi yung para tayo nagtitikto sa harap ng Diyos eh. If we want that, we are making God an idol. Gusto niyo yung Diyos na parang talagang cosmic governor. Pag nagkamali ka, X out. Pero ang Diyos hindi eh. From the very beginning, in the Old Testament, to the New Testament, God, I've been saying this all along, God is calling His people to have a relationship with Him. You know, the people of Israel are missing that all along. That when the law was given, actually, as the purpose of the law, they, it was given to them so that they would be able to realize, wait a minute, Lord, there's a lot of things. I could not do this. And can your grace come to me so that I could do this? Hindi ganun na naging stand ng mga Israelita. Ang ginawa nila ganito, nakita nila may batas, ang gagawin nila, oh, probably this is the way to please God. And they will do everything, every letter they know in the book to follow it because they think, that by mere obedience, they can please God. How do you please God? I've asked this question. How do you please God? 
Obedience? No. Not immediately. My answer is not immediately. You can only please God through faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yun ang na-miss ng mga Israelita. And perhaps, nami-miss natin. Akala natin, pag sinunod natin ang Diyos to the letter, mapi-please ang Diyos. Not immediately. Kung wala kang pananampalataya, your obedience will just be a form of ritual. Your obedience will be a form of self-righteousness. Ang tanong, self-righteous ka ba talaga? Kaya mo ba talaga? Kasi kung sasabihin ninyong, no, I'm pleasing God, I'm obeying God, whatever. Why do you obey God? Why are you obeying God? Why? Because you are holy? Or you understand that grace, that faith, and that faith is expressed in your obedience to God? You know, these things must be clearly spelt out in our hearts and in our minds. Bakit ako sumusunod sa Diyos? Kasi may pananampalataya ako sa Diyos. Because you can obey God like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, or even those people nating mga nasa ibang pananampalataya, they follow God as a form of ritual. Lalagay sila ng mga penitensya dyan, ano, kaya nga magandang walang online, ano, I could just say this. And I will be very unapologetic to say that. Mag, ano sila, mag uh, penitensya sila. Sabi ko, hindi ba insulto sa Diyos yun? Ginawa ako ng lahat, eh, bakit ka pa nagpipinitensya? Why? Because they think that by doing that, they could please God. Pero meron ba siyang faith? Wala. Was, he, was, was that being obedient? Perhaps yes. Nag-church linggo-linggo, nagbibigay ng abulay sa simbakan, ang dami-daming mga bids na pinagpipray niya, halos siguro kasing haba na isang kilometro nang kakapray niya doon sa mga bids na yon. May pananampalataya ba? Wala. Maliligtas ba siya? Hindi. Was that, will that person be able to please God? No. Ang tanong ko ngayon sa inyo, are you also in your Christianity now, are you also like that? Baka naman ginagawa nyo lang ito because it's part of your ritual or you are now having a self-righteous attitude. Why do you want to obey God? Why do you do good works? Because you understand faith. You know what grace is all about. Alam nyo, isa pa rin ito sa mali sa ating Amer- uh, evangelicalism. Alam nyo yung uh, prayer of acceptance. Alam natin yun, hindi ba? Ginawa natin yung lahat, tama? It's a very beautiful prayer and I lead people at this very moment about that. But you know, there's a flaw that we do whenever we do that. We always, and I've said that in my July preaching, I've said this, we have made that prayer a ritual we have made that a prayer as an invocation and we have reduced the gospel to that prayer. That is as if, if you pray that prayer, you're saved. No. No. I will debate everyone. No. Without you understanding the gospel, that prayer of Rakhsanus will just remain a prayer. Will be a ritual. Ni-reduce natin, ilan ang tumanggap sa Panginoon? Sandali muna, bakit siya tumanggap? Sino yung tinanggap niya? Pinaliwanag niyo ba sa kanya yung gospel? Saan siya naligtas? Paano siya naligtas? Have you explained the grace of God in his life? Nagkaroon ba ng work sa buhay niya? Then you lead that person to pray. Hindi, Panginoon, tumanggap ka sa Panginoon. Sandali muna, ano ba yung tinatanggap ko? That prayer will remain, will remain a prayer. 
will remain a mantra prayer. Kaya nga sabi ko, kung yung pala ang salvation, kung ang paraan pala ng salvation is just to pray that Lord, I accept you, Jesus, kin mga kaharin, kung yung pala mag-print tayo ng isang libo noon, ipamigay sa buong Singapore, you recite this prayer, you're saved. Is that the way of salvation? No. The way of salvation, clearly in the scriptures is Ephesians 2.10, for by grace you have been saved through faith. People must understand the grace of God in their lives. And that's why the gospel evangelism is a matter of engagement. You need to explain to them why you're leading them to that prayer. I lead still people to that prayer. But let us stop and let us have that right notion why we're leading them to that sinner's prayer. I say that because the instrument still of salvation, the instrumental cause of our justification is still by faith. Let us not use that prayer and make a disservice to that prayer by just asking them to recite it. That is as if that is the gospel. That's not the gospel. It is one way, and I lead people to that prayer because first, I believe that that's a confession of faith. Number two, I lead to people to that prayer because I believe it's a declaration of their dependence to God. That's an assent and affirmation of their faith in God. So I lead that people. But we have reduced that. I just want to rescue truth from familiarity. We're so familiar. I say this because the testimony of the scripture is clear. We obtain salvation by grace through faith. It has not changed. The prayer of acceptance did not change this formula. And the instrument cause of our justification is in faith. It has never changed and never will. I say that because there's a story that there's a, 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 a grandmom na mata yung nanay nila. And that wonderful lady, yung lola nila, was, was attending the church and you know, you could see evidently in her life that she was converted. And during the last moments of her life, sa sobrang pain ng nanay, kasi nakaroon ng uh, sakit yung nanay, uh, nakaroon siya ng hallucinations because of the pain. And so because of those hallucinations, may nasasabi siya, may nakikita siya, ganun. And so of course, these very religious children were telling na, ligtas kaya yung nanay namin, bakit niya tinatawag si Lolo? Di ba dapat nakikita niya lang si Jesus? Bakit niya nakita yung nanay niya, yung tatay niya, kung ano-ano, ganyan-ganan. So they were starting to doubt the faith of the mom. And so, in their conversation, they were saying, tumanggap ba ang nanay sa Panginoon? Narinig niyo ba yung salitang, I accept Jesus in my heart? And so I came in, and I said, wait a minute. If you're just saying that the salvation of your mom depended on that prayer, isn't that an act of work? and no longer of grace. Come to think of it. If you just want to hear your mom saying that prayer, isn't that an act of work and no longer an act of grace? You have seen your mom, how your, the life of your mom was transformed by the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then suddenly you want to hear that prayer. Isn't that a mantra prayer? Isn't that a ritualistic prayer? To, to you, just because you thought that by hearing that prayer, hearing that very lines and very words will save your mom. I hope I'm making myself clear. I'm not against that prayer. I lead people to that prayer. But 
I don't want you to understand that that is the gospel. I don't want you to understand that merely praying that prayer will save you. You can just pray it. You can just recite it for all the life of me. But without faith, it will never save you. Marami niyang pwedeng sabihin ganun. I have another friend. Uh, kasi nung pong akong high school, ako ay uh, bahagi ng leadership ng Inter-School Christian College. It's part of the Inter-Varsity. At meron akong isang kaklase, um, with due respect with the people uh, from, from the Roman Catholic tradition, galing siya dun sa isang kabila kasi ka Inter-School Christian Fellowship kami, student Catholic action sila. And then, sabi niya sa akin, alam mo, Ray, sabi niya, umaatend ako nung fellowship niyo, umaatend siya, siya nung student Catholic action, umaatend din siya nung ISU. Alam mo, nung isang gabi, nagko-convict ako, hindi ko alam ko yung mga pinagpipray niyo, pero sinurender ko yung buhay ko kay Jesus. So, umiiyak ako na parang, Panginoon, ang dami-dami ko nagawang kasalanan, patawarin mo ako, minibigay ko yung buhay ko sa'yo. Okay na ba yun? Kung ako ay may paninawala, ah, hindi, dapat sabihin mo to, I accept you in my heart, da-da-da-da-da, Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3. High school ako nun, itong sabi sa kanya, yes, that's enough. It is enough for you to know who you are and you've realized the grace of God in your life and you're putting your faith in Jesus Christ. That's enough. That lady is now a Christian serving in uh, United Christ UCCP in Anabu. Transform life. Kaya ngayon, minsan naisip natin, tumanggap naman sa Panginoon, no, Christian, yun, nakita ko, nag-iiyak pa, ay, accept you, Jesus Christ in my heart. Bakit hindi ng buhay? Kasi probably, salita niya lang yun. Now you understand. Because transformation does not happen there. Naintindihan niya ba talaga? Again, I'm not saying that that's, I lead people to that prayer. I hope that whenever we lead people, yun ang sinasabi ko, we need to make them understand because the formula hasn't changed. I am so sad na yun ang nangyayari ngayon sa church. Na parang yun ang gauge na pag ginawa mo tong prayer na to, ligtas ka na. What about this? What about the entire plethora of doctrine of justification? What about this? You are grace, you are saved by grace through faith. It could be in other forms of expressions of that faith. And I believe they are still saved. Sabi nung kaklasiko, sinurender ko ang Panginoon. Umiiyak ako, Ray, sabi niya, gusto kong sumunod kay Jesus. Sabi ko sa kanya, isunusuko ko ang buhay ko, Panginoon. Kasi hindi alam kong hindi ko alam pa paano gagawin. Basta, Sinasabi ko na gusto ko na kitang sundin ngayon, gusto ko tong iwan, I want to follow you. Is that enough? Okay na ba yun? Of course, he's a new Christian. I said, yes, that's enough. Nabago ba yung buhay niya? Yes. Yes. What faith is not? Mahalaga yun dahil gusto kong i-quickly discuss sa inyo. What faith is not? And J.I. Packer said in Concise Theology, optimistic. Faith is not optimistic and confident mindset. Kaya nga sinasabi namin yung, I believe, I claim. Ang dami yung kiniklaim. Wala naman kayong mga voucher sa Diyos. Ah, nakiklaim lang. May mga voucher. Hindi masamang mag-claim ng promises ng Diyos. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear what I am not saying. I am just rescuing truth from familiarity. Kasi ang dami nating reductions, ang dami nating ginagawa ngayon na wala sa Bible. Nakiklaim tayo, walang masama. Do you claim the promises of God? Yes, that's that bad. Pero ito nangyayari, yung ating pakiklaim ng promises ng Diyos was reduced to just being optimistic and confident mindset. 
You're just claiming it. Nasaan ang Diyos doon? Di ba sinasabi ko lagi nito? Nasaan ang Diyos doon? I claim na matutupad itong aking gusto. I claim na mananalo ako sa loto. I claim it. Nasaan ang Diyos doon? I claim na mangyayari sa akin to. What if not? Tapos sabihin nyo ngayon, Bro, nagkulang ba yung faith ko? Kasi I really claim, I really prayed for this, I really claim for this. Hindi nangyari. Is there something wrong with my faith? Wala. Walang masama dun sa faith mo. Hindi lang talaga siya gusto ng Diyos. It's just the sovereignty of God. And so when you understand that perfectly, you now realize that, no, it's not about me having lack of faith or me having so much faith. It's about really about God. God does not want it to happen. Nananalangin kayo na gumaling ang anak ninyo. For some strange reasons, perhaps your son uh, didn't go well and perhaps died. I know of a person who's like that. You know yung magulang niya, sinisisa niya yung sarili niya. Saan ako nagkulang? Meron bang kulang sa pananampalataya ko? Ang sabi namin, hindi, wala. It is just the goodwill of God. Akala natin lahat. So, faith is not an optimistic and confident mindset alone. It is not just an adherent or agreement to a doctrine. It is also not confidence in God without commitment to God. So what is faith? Faith, also by Packer, if you want to get that book, Concise Theology by J.I. Packer. It's a small book. Uh, I brought it with me. I'll show it later. Uh, very quick, very good I, I love it. It's so lamentable that J.A. Packer did not write something about systematic theology. But what is faith? According to J.A. Packer, faith is a whole-souled response. Paboritong word ni Pastor Well, response. Faith is a whole-souled response involving mind, heart, will, affection to fully trust, wholly depend, and submissively rely Do you wholeheartedly respond to that grace of God involving your mind, your heart, your will, your affection? Do you fully trust God on that salvation, wholly dependent on, submissively rely on Him? You know, the old reformers during the Reformation gave us three tests to know what faith is. And they say, and I believe this, They say in their theology that faith can be tested or could be analyzed in three things. Knowledge, assent or agreement, and reliance or dependence. I'll show this quickly to you. According to the reformers, uh, started by Martin Luther, you know that you have faith and you can obtain faith if you have the right knowledge of it. Going back to Galatians, ito yung inatake ng mga Judaizers. Without the proper knowledge about faith, you will get it wrong. Kaya nga, tayo nagtuturo ng salita ng Diyos. Kaya kami nagpipreach, kaya napaka-passionate namin about this. Why? Because a wrong information will lead you to a wrong conclusion. They were given a wrong information about grace and faith. Sabi nila, kailangan mo itong gawin para maligtas ka. Kailangan mo itong idagdag para maligtas ka. You need to do this in order for you to please God. I'm not saying that you don't obey and you will still please God. Kaya nga sabi ko, not immediately. You can only please God through faith. Out of that faith, 
you will obey God because your obedience is a byproduct of your faith. You will love because that is a byproduct of your faith. Your whole mind, spirit, soul responds to God. Why? Because you've understood properly what is grace. Kaya nagre-respond yung, yung haluluwa na gumawa ng mabuti, gumawa ng tama, magmahal. Yun ang tamang response. Sagutin mo sis, wag mong siyang, ano, wag mong i-ignore yan. Sige, sagutin lang natin yan. That is faith. So faith is tested by knowledge. That was attacked. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Right knowledge. Meron kayong nakikitang mga small words. Kaya ako lang ito sinabi sapagkat ito yung ginamit na original word ng mga reformer. They use the Latin word. Basahin nyo na lang yan. Noticia. Knowledge. You could say notice. Diba? Knowledge. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that He died on the cross for your sin? These crucial pieces of truth. Do you know that you lo- He loves you? That He bear His sin for you? That you, He pardoned you and your identity belongs to Him? Do you believe that? Right knowledge. The second one is this. You have faith if you are able to make the assent or an agreement. You know when you say assent or an agreement, you believe that what you have as truth, that Jesus is God, Jesus is Lord, is true. You believe that is true. We call it assent. Ito ang problema. We may have the right knowledge of God, but we may not assent to it. Kasi pag sinabing assent, you agree that that is true to your life. You can only agree to the truth, to the knowledge of God, if you have experienced it. If it corresponds to your reality. Ang problema ito, alam natin yung Jesus is the Lord, Jesus is God, ang kordero ng Diyos, ang nag-aalis ng mga kasalanan ng sanlibutan, ipagkulobo sa amin ngayon ang kapayapaan. Alam natin yung kinakanta natin yun, hindi ba? Kayo pala, kasi hindi ako lupaki sa yung tradisyon na yun eh. Di ba kinakanta natin yun noon, ngayon noon? Di ba? Is that a right knowledge? That's right. Siya ang kordero ng Diyos na nag-aalis ng mga kasalanan ng sanlibutan. Pangalawa, but do you assent? Because that's part of the faith. Naranasan nyo na ba yun? na itong kordero ng Diyos ang totoong naglinis at nagtubos ng inyong mga kasalanan. Have you experienced it? Walang assent. Because without you experiencing it, without you having and that faith corresponding to your reality, it will not be true to you. Alam niyo kung bakit yung ating mga anak, and let me just say this, uh, my dear parents, hindi ko sinasabi ito kasi perfecto akong magulang. Hindi ako perfecto magulang. Nakita niyo yung anak ko pakalat-kalat din dyan paminsan-minsan. At alam ko pinapatawad din niyo ako pag minsan kung ano-anong pinagsasabi niya. I'm saying this because you're, you're my church. Alam niyo, matin kami ni Pastor Well, na, ni Pastor Well last Friday ng uh, conference. Alam niyo kung bakit hindi matranslate yung pananampalataya natin sa ating mga anak. We may have knowledge, pero walang assent. Hindi true yung faith sa kanila. Bakit? Sapagkat yung mga magulang, magaling sa knowledge, alam ang doktrina, daming alam sa Bible, pero hindi makita sa buhay nila. Walang assent. Kung hindi yun makita sa inyo, hindi yun true, so sabi ng mga bata, subliminally in their mind, I know who Jesus is. Alam nyo yung mga kabataan na ito, tanongin nyo sila about Jesus, they can answer you, even perfectly than you do. Pero tanong, have they experienced it? Have, are they seeing that faith in you? 
No. Sinishare ni Pastor Wal kahapon sa amin yung the belief in Santa Claus. Lahat ng bata naniniwala nun sa Santa Claus. Ako nung bata ko naniniwala din ako totoo yun eh. Kasi totoo nga naman, tuwing 23, nalalagay ko 24 yung medyas at kinabukasan, may meron talagang tsokolate. Totoo. Paniwalang-paniwala ako. Medyo poor lang yung Santa Claus kasi stork yung nakalagay doon. Kasi di ba tsokolate? Sabi ko, ay siguro naisip ko lang, siguro pag nasa Amerika, Si Santa Claus, sabi ko to nung bata ko, siguro bumibili siya sa magandang tindahan. Siguro pag nasa Pilipinas siya, dito na lang siya bumibili sa tindahan namin. Kasi mga stork, mga, yung mga kending, alam mo, tira ganyan. Sabi ko, ang cheap naman ni Santa Claus. But I believe it with all my heart. Only to find out, nalolo ko pala yung naglalagay. <laughs> I have a knowledge that, that, that Santa Claus is true. But when it comes to ascent, hindi ko na siya na-experience. So I started, sabi nga nung sa study, I started not believing on it. Until came to a point that yung realidad is also true. Nakita ko na, na-experience ko na yung ascent. Ah, hindi pala totoo yun. Parents, baka meron kayong knowledge, pero wala tayong ascent. Let me say this. Sabi nung pastor sa amin, pardon me, let me take me another five minutes before I let you go. Alam ko marami ko yung gagawin. This is just so important. Pardon me. Alam nyo, sabi ng pastor sa amin, ngayong mga panahon na to, kalahati ng church nila wala. Kasi may PSME as you know, right? May PSME. Again, what I'm saying is this. This may not be true to your family. I'm not saying this as a gospel truth because I do not know the uh, configurations and the realities of your own household. Pero sabi ng pastor, which I believe, why don't we say this as part of the ascent portion of faith is this. Sabihin mo nun sa anak mo, anak, alam ko may PSLE bukas, we will just take a cab, go to church, spend our two hours there as a rest for you, let's come and worship the Lord, we'll go back in a cab, and then you go back to study. But what other parents are saying is this. It's okay, anak, sige, mag-aaral ka lang, mag-church lang kami. And every time sabihin ng bata, nay, mag-aaral ako, I have to review, I have to ganyan, I won't go to church. And we allow them to do that. it will create, perhaps they know the knowledge, but it will not down to the ascent portion. That is true. Now, wag nyo sabihin na, grabe naman kayo, hindi nyo naman naintindihan yung pamilya namin. So if that's not apply to you, perhaps meron kayong pag-preparation, I won't judge. I, I won't judge. Hindi ko alam, baka naman talagang kailangan magstay ng bata sa bahay. I will not judge you. But, that will not spell out as an ascent sooner or later. Because that's part of the presence of faith in our own household. Knowledge and ascent. Agreement. You believe that that is true because you, that, that faith corresponds to your reality. And the last one is reliance. Not on ourselves. It's God. Because that would lead us that our obedience is not apart from our faith. You obey, as been saying a while ago, you obey because you have faith. Your obedience is a byproduct of your faith. Your love to God is a byproduct of your faith. Your devotion to God is a byproduct of your faith. Tinanong ko yung mga leader natin dito, nagsaserve sila, bakit kayo nandito? Bakit kayo nandito? Wala lang, wala lang kasi kayo mapuntahan. Medyo maganda doon, malamig. Tapos may free entertainment pa sa mga gwapong pastor doon. Di ba? Sinasabi ko na kasi baka ang kinin ang kinin ni Pastor Wal yung kagwapuhan. Bigyan mo naman ako bro konti. Ganda pa naman ng suot ko ngayon, no? Oh. Pa-feeling. 
Pa-feeling. <laughs> anyway. But why are you here? Why are you here? Because you understand the grace of God in your life. And I'm doing this because as an act of gratitude, love, devotion to God. Because I have found faith. I know who Jesus is. I ascend to the truth because that is true to my life. And I rely on God on that salvation and on that faith. Agreement first is knowledge, assent, and reliance. And you may ask this, and I will end here. You may ask, why did God choose faith to be the attitude of the heart of which we would obtain justification, a right standing before God? Why could God not have decided to give justification to all those who sincerely love? Bakit sinabi ng Biblia, for by love you have been saved through, or you, for by grace you have been saved through love. For by grace you have been saved through commitment or joy or contentment or humility. Bakit faith yung ginamit ng salita ng Diyos? Have you wondered? Di ba maganda sana love, di ba? For by grace you have been saved through love. Ang ganda. Ang ganda. Pero sabi ng Bible, faith. Why? Wayne Gruden shared this with us. Why did God choose faith? Because faith is the exact opposite of the exact opposite of depending on ourselves, not by our own merit, but entirely on God's free gift of grace. You are realizing and recognizing that through faith you cannot have righteousness on your own, and that is why when you read uh, Galatians chapter three verse, he is saying, "For all who rely on works of the law are cursed." are under a curse because you cannot be what Paul was saying in Galatians chapter 2 verse 10 up to 14 is this you cannot have righteousness apart from faith your righteousness that you produce on your own is not righteousness call it something else but not obedience to God never obedience to God because real obedience to God is born out and is a byproduct only of faith Ang inyong mabubuting gawa na katanggap-tanggap sa Diyos ay yung mabubuting gawa na ipinanganak o ginawa lamang dahil at sa pamamagitan ng pananampalataya. Kung wala kayong pananampalataya, yung mabubuting gawa ninyo, hindi yung katanggap-tanggap sa Diyos. Be offended by that. So, anong ginagawa ko? Walang kwenta. Wala. Kung wala kayong pananampalataya. Because this is what Paul was saying. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ in order to be justified. So it's through faith in Jesus Christ. And not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. And so I hope we understand that faith is crucial to this. We need to understand what faith is all about. What is faith? Faith is right knowledge about God. You believe that that is true and you rely on that. That is not just positive thinking. That is not just, you know, a, com uh, a confidence in God without a commitment to God. Our faith must be a whole soul response, will, mind, intellect, total reliance, dependence on God. That is faith. Because, my dear brothers and sisters, our salvation by grace is only through faith. Alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. This is the motto of the Reformation. 
We cannot have salvation without grace. We cannot have obedience apart from faith. This is the truth where the Reformation was born. And that is why you understand why Paul was very, very unforgiving with his word, foolish Galatians. Indeed, you will be foolish if you do not capture this perfectly. You will be foolish. Your souls will be at stake. But you know, as, as I end, there is a law that we need to follow. As I've mentioned, right? Ibig ba sabihin nun, so wala na tayong ano, well, hindi na tayo gagawa ng mabuti kasi sabi mo naman, it's not about the law. No. Because Christ said this, we have to fulfill the law of Christ. And that, I will end there. We need to fulfill the law of Christ. Meron pa rin law. Ano yung law? Law ni Jesus. Nabasa natin sa Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, sinabi ni Sister Amora sa atin, bear one another's burden. So fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Mark chapter 12 verses 29 and 31. Jesus answered, the most important is, is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, and you shall love your neighbor Ask yourself, there is no other commandment greater than this. You forgot everything in the books except these two. If you have done this, you have done and perfected the law. And why can we and how do we perform and comply with this law of loving God and loving people? Only through faith in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ enabled us to love God wholeheartedly and love people unconditionally. Only through Christ. Meron pa rin law. Ito yung law. The law of Christ. To love God and to love His people. No other than that. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this time that you have awakened us to the truth. Lord, you have called us to obedience to you. Because that's a byproduct of our faith in you. Lord, allow us to understand what faith is all about. And that faith is our wholehearted response to you. Our mind, our intellect, our affections, our will to obey you. Because Not because we're righteous, but because we've seen and understood the wonderful grace you have done in our lives. We have understood that we are sinners needing of a Savior. And that is what you offer. You've loved us with an unconditional love, and as out of our response to you, we will have faith in you. And even that faith is a gift from you. And Father, I pray today that you will be with your people. You will speak to their hearts. Lord, that their salvation and even the maintenance of that salvation will only come from you. And so therefore, Father, impress upon their hearts that they could walk in liberty. They could do good works. They are now free to obey you they are free from the shackles of sin. They are no longer imprisoned by their past, by their shame. They can now walk in confidence in you because you have given them forgiveness. You have given them this grace. And Father, I also pray for the parents who are here who are struggling raising our children. Perhaps we have the knowledge of you. But Lord, we fail on this part. We fail on the ascent. We fail on making this faith of ours real, true, to our children because they couldn't see it in us. 
they couldn't see that we are a couple, a household that will worship you together. Perhaps there are couples who are still fighting, even the smallest, minutest detail. Lord, they could not see in us peace. Or perhaps we as parents also neglect church, neglect faith. And so, Father, I pray that you will also speak to us parents as part of your call for us to even impart this faith to our children, that, that they may be able to see that we fully rely on you, our knowledge, our assent, and our reliance on you. Father, encourage your people today, whatever that they may be going through, remind them that they are free in you, that they are free to do good, that they're free to obey you so that they may fulfill your law to love you, O God, and to love your people. Be with us today, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. Let's all stand to receive the benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. And the people and the redeemed of God will respond with amen, amen, and amen. Go well, my dear brothers and sisters, and may you have the peace of God.